All right, welcome to Seishura. I'm Elaine. I'm Scoop Magoo. And uh, yet again, we are faced with another week of our grueling Sisyphusian existence. And, um, you know, so we decided, hey, let's just talk about whatever this week. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow, works, that's, that's works so depressing. Such a hey, depressing way to start this week. Yeah, that's kind of, I mean, that's how the podcast started originally, is we just kind of turned on the mic and whatever we were discuss it or you know like are the well, earliest iteration well, of us doing a podcast really I, I i thought it was just like I, I thought we would go in talking about certain things um well, i think we had a, re- relatively regularly when we first started doing podcasts I, th- I thought we would turn on the mic and just see what happened because i mean in general so I, that's one of the that was one of the influences for doing a podcast is we were just yeah. having these really cool long music discussions and like why don't we i feel like other people might want to hear this or at least yeah that's, I, that's see, what, li- li- like i I, I, I kind of don't like saying because it like like there's a lot of stuff that we do that I really enjoy but I really love just being able to turn on and just like you know talk about this shit and just you know just whatever happens happens absolutely um, yep. it, it just makes like because I mean like when when we're when we're talking like off uh, off microphone you know it, we, we end up getting to some really funny places or just like you know just to, to stuff we don't really think of and i think you know having that structure in place kind of can can yeah it, it, i don't think it fucks things up but like I, I think it's more like it it offers a different way to go mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily a bad way it's just perhaps not the way i'm always geared towards anyway um so i, I thought it would be cool to sort of start this off um i texted scott earlier in the week and i'm like hey let's let's just like listen to an album like each of us will listen to like a random album but um the basically the restriction is that it has to be something we have never listened to before and it has to be something that's like a um you know universal classic quote unquote um you know just something that shows up in like rate your music or like rolling stone lists that we have just never given a fucking shot before. Uh, not because we haven't wanted to, uh, but because, you know, for some reason or another, it's just kind of passed over our radar. And uh, so, Scott, I want to turn it over to you. What, what, what did you listen to? Yeah, so I don't know if I have... I guess I, I revealed to myself how closely I use Rate Your Music because, you know, I went through I, a few to, times. To be, to be fair, I did the same thing. So yeah, but just... When I was looking through, I was like, man, I've listened to the vast majority of these albums. <laughs> and I just, you know, there, there was some where I haven't listened to, but partially it was because, uh, I mean, I, I don't I don't think I would have disliked them, but I, I just, I don't know if it'd be, I would have had that much to say about them based on, um, you know, other albums I've listened to from the same artist or what have you. So finally, once I reached page... I forget. It was pretty deep in. I was kind of surprised this album was was ranked, um, or kind of. It took a while for me to get 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 there based on the top albums on radio music. But sometimes it's surprising. Yeah, uh, like uh, Depeche Mode's Violator is like pretty far down. And like Which I, I is... feel like it's like I mean maybe I'm just biased, but like I don't know. Like it feels like it should be a little little higher up. 
don't yeah, know. and it's, you, you run into that with Sputnik too, where just yeah. they, you know, different communities prefer different things. I mean, obviously, rate your music is very much on the Rolling Stone school of thought in a way where it's uh, there's a uh, lot of you know like I, that. You, you think so? Because like I, I tend to think that like they're more like Pitchfork. It's it's a bit of a blend. Yeah, I would say there there was a, a pocket once you got out of the top. Um, I think once you got like the second page on, I noticed a lot of overlap because I also looked through Rolling Stone's list of the top albums ever because I wanted to pick something that was you know pretty much universally like you said considered a classic. And I, I found one. I found one that I thought I I it's kind of surprising to me that I haven't listened to this yet and it's, it's regarded as one of the best uh, rock albums certainly you know one of the best punk albums ever and that is uh, London Calling by The Clash oh which okay. I just I've never never listened to before uh, oddly enough my aunt gave me a copy of I think it was called Sandinista for uh, I don't even know what that you know is, is ranked amongst their albums I really don't um but for some reason, she gave me a CD when I was younger. I, I was not in a place to appreciate, you know, <laughs> like old school punk. You know, I was definitely in my, you know, teeny bopper, pop punk, metal, yeah. like, you know, new metal, deathcore. If stuff this like isn't that. Escape the Fate, it's bullshit. I know. Yeah, I mean, like, pretty much that that's where I was at. Um, and you, you were right to think that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously, you know, London Calling, The Clash, you know, doesn't, doesn't really... Doesn't really need a lot of introduction, but you know, came out, you know, right at the end of 1979, and ever since it's been re- regarded as one of the best, certainly one of the best albums to come out of the UK punk scene. You know, quintessential record for a lot of people, um, just in punk in general. Um, I haven't listened to obviously like the, the songs that every you know, I fought the law, the law one, um, rock the Casbah. There's all those songs I'm familiar with, but I just never. I never got into them because I think we're on the same page that hardcore punk has always just been more appealing to me than the yep. kind of straightforward punk that um, obviously helped spawn. <laughs> well, um, it's, it's just like, it, it, I mean, I think we've talked about this a little bit. It's just like, you, you know how like there's this, it feels like there's always this contest to see who's more punk almost. Yeah. And like people's definition of punk just sort of, it, it differs depending on how old they are. Because like like I know... My dad is like, oh yeah, you know, we used to listen to the B-52s, that was, that was punk. And I'm like, yeah, you know, like, <laughs> like but, but then again, I, you know, I, I come from like minor threat, dead Kennedys, you know, just like people really like scream their heads off. So yeah, exactly. And I, I think that's why I always, because you, you, with hardcore punk, you get, well i mean it's right there in the name it's just it's everything you love about punk except you know dialed up a, a notch and, and by extension um it's usually more experimental more out there um or at least there, there's kind of you're you can more easily find that especially as bands you know you said like minor threat and obviously grew into fugazi especially you know black flag of their career unwrap mm-hmm. you're unwound but i was i mean you know, granted, like I said, didn't didn't really know what I was getting into, but I was surprised at the variety on London Calling. Uh, again, I obviously I, I've heard the um, title track, title track, the opener, and I recognized Train in Vain um, once it came on. I didn't realize that's what it was called, but obviously I've heard it's the last song of the album. I've heard that you know countless times. It's, it's a pretty well known rock song. 
So yeah, the album, the bookends of the album, I was familiar with, but none of the other songs I had ever heard before, or at least not actively. Um, and I was really, really interested. I didn't look up anything beforehand, but I heard a lot of ska, a lot of you know, kind of. Uh, I wouldn't say like capital J jazz, but like you know, lounge jazz or just kind of really contemporary pop jazz, yeah. like some influence of lounge, a big band, a little bit of R and B. Definitely a lot of a lot of genres I didn't expect to hear. But again, I you know I'm just going off of what I, um, you know what I assumed this would be. I assumed it would be kind of like hardcore punk light. Like it, it just it, it would be like London Calling where you had the kind of angsty angsty rock. That's kind of what I was what I was expecting. And there was actually a lot more melody, a lot more um, a lot more variety certainly. And uh, I enjoyed it. I will say. When, when I say a lot of variety, I think one of the key takeaways from that is there's a lot of music here. I had no idea this was over an hour long, and frankly... Is I, it? It's an, it's an hour and five, so I mean, it's just a hair over an hour long. Well, is it because of um, the edition that you were listening to, or...? No, I I, I, I don't think so. The version looked totally normal. Oh, wow, totally you're right. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, and hour and five minutes and seven seconds. It's one Shit. of those. There wasn't a moment where I thought, "Wow, this track really sucks." But I will say, I just don't understand. I mean, again, I'm looking oh. at it now, it's a it's a double album. I had I had a sense just because it felt so long and knowing that was kind of the the trend back then. But I I, I guess my, my my question with it is like because I haven't listened to it. Um, just is it really punk? Can it really be considered punk? Yeah, that I mean that was issue number. I don't know issue, but just you know, thought number two is the first one was you know I really don't know why it was this long, and again it's one of you know, it's the the toughest kind of double album where I really don't know what tracks they would have cut because there weren't any tracks that I thought were bad, um, but listening through, there really weren't a ton that were super memorable to me either. Uh, like I I don't really. You said this was, this was more of a casual episode. I didn't take notes like I usually do. I just or I didn't take track by track notes. You know, I just kind of wrote yeah. down my general thoughts. And really, there are not many songs stuck out to me. You know, at least um, like I never mind the bollocks or whatever. Like there was there was hooks like you know God Save the Queen or whatever that at least I remember. You know, still like like we talked about last week. Not not my not really one of my favorite punk albums, but. On this, it was just a lot of really cool, nice, pleasant um, rock tracks. And that kind of gets to my second point, which you, you alluded to, is, I mean, not that I want to get be in the business of genre gatekeeping, but this is very much on... But it's hard to say, because at the time, I can see this being in the traditional punk you know, framework. I can see this kind of... You know, I actually, I, I got a lot of um, uh, themes and comparisons to the specials and just kind of the, the 70s ska scene at the time, except, you know, with the with the reggae and dub influences and not as many horns, but there were still some horn sections. So, I don't I, know, I, I feel like with well, what... I, I, on Wikipedia, like, it lists as post-punk and punk rock. Uh, yeah, I, I just, I mean, I... Yes, I can see some songs that had. I mean, I guess it, it literally is in a way post-punk because it it didn't really sound like 
the punk it, of the day, I suppose. I don't know. I mean, to it, me, it did come out the same year as Unknown Pleasures too. Yeah, so that's like, true. It, it, like you could consider it post punk, but yeah, it, it just always seems like such a like whenever you think of like early punk bands, it's like always Sex Pistols. It's always Clash. Yeah, and I, I think that's really interesting for me because I I don't I, I guess when I listen to this I I wouldn't if it, like you said if if it wasn't just considered such a a staple of punk I don't know if that would have been the first thing that would have come to mind but at the same time I guess I don't know what other buckets put it in like this really I, based on when it came out this definitely is a punk record in the sense of what was going on in the seventies and what some of their their peers were doing but, yeah, but like. Not really. Like, I mean, I, I okay, but we, we we definitely have differing opinions on this. But like, the Stooges are like, I I mean, ten times better. Like, like to just or did that actually? I I retract that because I haven't listened to the Clash, so I really haven't given them a fair chance. But like, you know, everybody points to the Sex Pistols, and I'm like, dude, like, you know, Funhouse by the Stooges came out nearly a decade before like London Calling. Yeah, I mean, I, but it, I don't. I'm, it, I'm not it saying is, it's just it's just like way like like edgier. Like it's it, it's like actual punk. I guess I don't know. I yeah, I, 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 mean, feel, I feel like I kind of an asshole saying this. Well, but. I, I just I, I guess what I would push back. I don't really. I mean, whether or not it's, it's better or not doesn't really. I don't think that changes whether or not it qualifies as as a punk album. And I would say yeah. because this kind of it definitely. It genre hopped a lot more than I expected. There were some moments that felt like the, the title track definitely, like it has the punk angst. It's definitely not as, not as aggressive or certainly not as fast as some of their, you know, obviously like you know I fought the law, the law one. That's just a quintessential UK punk track to me. Um, yeah, I, I, I just I got the sense that it didn't really know what it wanted to be. It's interesting that. Um, it, it is really like when you hear about it you just hear it like oh this is a punk classic and I feel like and I don't necessarily mean this in, in an entirely positive way but I think it's a lot more than that it's really yeah. it's it's a hodgepodge of influences from the UK just music scene in general like a, a lot of sounds that you would hear in the late 70s you know both in you know popular culture as well as the underground and it, it was definitely a fascinating listen I just there are very few double albums that work there are very few albums that are just like it's, it's not a collection of long detailed compositions that flow together it's just hey we wrote a shit ton of songs that are all on the same release and it, it just it started to feel that way by the end like yeah. each of the few times i listened to this i was ready for it to be done i was i really was like i just I, 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 I don't want to shit on your credibility, but like I, I just think it's very funny that you also love the epic by Kamasi Washington <laughs> because yeah. like the, I, I've just like I always look at that album and I'm like way too long. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess the, the, there's always an exception to every rule, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, it, I mean like literally... at the end of the day, if if you like it, if, like you like what you like, I'm not going to shit on somebody for liking something. No, but you're totally so. right. It's interesting how like there, and, and we've we've all been through this with music or anything. Like we'll describe something so fervently that we dislike or like, but then encounter something where we like totally flip flop. You know, we talk. Oh, yeah. Talk, talk out of both sides of our mouth because ab- absolutely what i'm describing should you know totally cancel out the epic but i love the epic i really yeah. do uh, but yeah, I, I also i think part of that is just because i don't think um 
I don't know. That's what sucks about this album is I, I don't want to say it's bad or overrated. I just think it, it just was kind of it was it was fine. It was good. I enjoyed it. Um, it definitely wasn't as, um, you know, especially you mentioned that Unknown Pleasures came out the same year. I would say that was more more groundbreaking and more adventurous than what The Clash do here. I, I think The Clash, it's su- this is super creative. It really is a very creative collection of the sounds of the day. And I do think that they brought them together really well. I just think that it, it was, there's just too much. They, they should have cut out. Um, looking here, you know, released as a, a a double LP with two sides, they probably could have maybe done a single LP or like a you know an LP and a ten inch. I don't know. I don't know how they pressed things back then, but I just feel like there was a, like four or five tracks, and those probably could have been cut down, and it wouldn't have felt so overblown. Um, yeah, but I'm definitely glad I listened to it because this is this is considered such a quintessential punk album and i i don't see it in that regard and i know that's definitely because of the background i come from with punk mm-hmm. but it, it it's definitely it was definitely interesting and i am glad that i, I gave it a shot but not you, not my favorite punk release for sure do you think that that sort of like the double album you know sort of the reasons for it and in, in this case sort of came from the fact that it was still a pretty novel thing because like if you think about it, like nineteen seventy nine, like the first double album is generally considered to be uh, uh, Frank Zappa and the Mutters' uh, "Freak Out," uh, or at least like th- that's kind of the timestamp that a lot of people use. Um, you know, so like it's it's not like there have been like a ton of double albums since then. You know, it's yeah. it's it, it, it's not like every other album that's coming out even nowadays is like a double, so. Yeah, and it's definitely not even like the 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 stream trolling releases that people will release. Like they're not oh, positioned yeah. as a, a double album. You know, it's just the yeah, hey, but here's more a, like companions almost. Yeah, or you know, when when a you know like when Migos drops like a an hour plus twenty plus song release, they're not saying here's a new double album. It's just like here's an album, and it's <laughs> interesting how there are a lot of artists. You know, Kanye gained notoriety. Excuse me, gained notoriety releasing like five 20 minute projects you know people really are running the gamut these days and it is interesting yeah. how even just how people classify things like you don't even see people as frequently like anytime something was released for a while it was you know this is an album this is a double album this is an ep etc but now it's just kind of this is a release you know is well, it like, an ep is it an album it, it, it depends on who it is because like i i was just looking on the quietest and like do you know that uh, Brian Eno put out a, an album with his brother this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but th- they're calling it a mini album. Oh, and it, that that that's. <laughs> I mean, to me, otherwise known as an well, I guess I don't know. I guess it is. It can't. It isn't exactly an EP, but I, I don't know. I, again, it's it's just like it's so. And the, the the thing is, like, I I don't think that the lines were ever really distinct, or at least as distinct as we used to think they were. Mm-hmm. Because like you know, you know, mini albums have been around for a while too. Like I, I remember, uh, I just randomly out of all bands, Cradle of Filth put out uh, a mini LP like back in like the early 2010s, I think. I, I just remember seeing them being like, "What the fuck is a mini LP?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, just, I, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's all just so arbitrary, you know, in a way. But like at the same time, it's. I, I guess part of it has to do with presentation. 
like you know if if you want to if you if you want to go on a tangent with me for for a quick moment um if you want to go way back to the beginning of the 20th century uh where uh oh god what's his name uh, marcel duchamp you know put a, you know basically took a photo of or you know like basically just took a urinal signed a name on it and then entered it in an art contest mm-hmm. you know and it's I, like i think that's just like a key point right there it's just like context like or context slash presentation matters in a way because yeah. like you know otherwise you're looking at it and it's a urinal and like you know it depending on how you want to look at it it still is a urinal but it's also art at the same time so yeah i mean it's 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 interesting how I think the definition that it was either in my aesthetics class or one of my philosophy classes, it just, you know, they did it first. Like anytime someone says, you know, like, well, how come when I do it, it's, it's not considered art. But when they did, when they did, it, it was, it was like, well, they did it first and enough people think enough people accept it. So yeah, I, I, always, I, I think that that's a really shitty excuse. Yeah. Cause, I cause mean, like they, like it, it just basically says that like innovation is, is, basically dead in a way because like you know but i don't know but, like innovation is is more than just coming up with the next new thing because like it, it's it, it's not like all these new things are separate beads in a way like like they, they're all interrelated to each other you know like i uh, like artists like notably steal ideas from other artists and that's how they're able to move forward mm-hmm you know, change, change isn't a rapid thing. It's a very gradual thing that, you know, sometimes it's so gradual that it's it's shocking because you just don't realize it. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I'm going way off on a tangent. So, so, so you really, so, so pretty, I, I, I guess positive overall, it's, it's a fine album too. Yeah, very, I mean, yeah, I guess the TLDR is that it's, it's very, it's very mixed. I, I I definitely I definitely don't like. If someone said this was a terrible album, I would be like, "Well, I I, I just I disagree. I don't I mm. don't think there wasn't a single song on here that I I even really thought was bad. Honestly, I just think yeah. there's just too much of it. And uh, you know, again, I, I didn't grow up in the '70s. You know, I I, I don't have direct knowledge of the um, you know what it felt like to listen to music leading up to you know the dawn of the new you know the '80s and whatnot. I you know I I could be you know, maybe maybe that context would help, but just based on the music I've listened to from that time, I, I I don't know if it's as groundbreaking as much as it is just a really nice collection of an inventive collection of what was going on at the time, put you know in a generally punk context. Not I, I you wonder know, I wonder if it was maybe more groundbreaking because it was so popular as yeah. opposed to it being you know like really download like in a big way groundbreaking yeah i, I mean that that's certainly uh, i mean look, look at uh deaf heaven or uh, sunbather by deaf heaven it's just they truly were not doing anything new you know black gaze and post black metal had been yeah. um had been around for a while but the fact that they were a really popular at all but b popular to the level that they were was kind of incredible because yeah. that's just i mean really there are very few metal bands that have reached that height and certainly not 
in that kind of extreme slant. Obviously, they, they offered a, a softer version of, you know, that extreme genre being black metal. But yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point. Maybe it was just because of its reach and because enough people thought it was cool and it, it was a more palatable version of what people at the time considered punk. I mean, that's, yeah. But yeah, overall, definitely glad I got to listen to it. Um, glad it, it's it's something I have under my belt. I kind of want to go backwards now because I feel like this definitely sounds like a punk band reaching beyond their roots. And I think that some of the punkier ideas on here I were pretty cool. So I would I would love to hear their, you know, straight up take on punk. Again, I've, I've mentioned I fought the law, you know, that's that's a song everyone everyone knows. So I'd be I'd, yeah. be, I'd love to hear a a couple albums like cuz I know they have they have two albums before this, so I would be very interested to hear you know what their earlier punk stuff sounded like interesting yeah yeah like, that would be kind of cool to find out because like i mean even i fought the law like i don't think of that as a punk song as yeah. strange as that is like it, maybe that's just because i'm i'm used to hearing it within the context of like classic rock radio yeah i mean it, it is i mean kind of to your point it's very interesting how they're um how some bands have really been co-opted in that in that way that they they really are a classic rock at this point and i think that if if they knew that or if, if people of the day like punk i, I punks feel of the like day, they're, they're well aware of it <laughs> yeah that, that's fair but like if, if punks of the day in the 70s knew that at one point they're <laughs> the band that they loved and thought was so you know so cool and cutting edge would be considered classic rock or like dad rock in some way but the, um, but that that that's the thing is like no no dad like no dad rock loving dad would look at their stuff and be like oh yeah this is dad rock they'd be like no this is real rock I know no I, I've had I've had oh yeah. <laughs> yeah we've 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 definitely encountered our our fair share of of dads on dad rock yeah like when they uh, talk to me about music and they're like oh like because i think when, when people know you like music they're just they want to talk to you about it and oh, they want you to validate. i know yeah. I, I remember um there was this friend of of it was a friend of a friend of ours and um or a, of of my family's and um I, I I think it was I I was just like really into Metallica. I think I was like it was like that time in high school, and he was like, oh, if you if you if you like like really intense music, you should check out the Ramones, like they're like real rock and roll and stuff. And I'm like, okay, and so I mean I think I did, and I was like, oh, this sucks, <laughs> like or maybe not with those exact words, but like I was like, oh, oh, okay. But I, at the same time, the, the the guy also turned me on to Queensryche. So like I'm like, wow, that is like, <laughs> yeah. interesting. Oh yeah, and he turned me on to uh, Michelangelo Badio from from Extreme. Uh, okay. I, I think I've shown you his stuff. He he's the guy who has the four neck guitar that you can play with two hands. Oh he, yeah, he plays one neck at like two necks at a time, and just like flips it around randomly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It, it, it's so funny to see like what people like what, what, kind of like what musical rabbit holes people fall down yeah um, and i will say personally i always found whenever people use like 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 do you, do you got any like my own dad is like do you have any rock and roll or do you have any like, rock music whenever people like reference genres in that way i'm like okay we're in we're in a 
we're in a different wheelhouse. We're not like they, yeah. they just they want just riffs that rock. They want to well, bang their heads into but, like, like light but, air guitar. When people say the word like the term rock and roll, like to my mind, I I, I think of like early rock, like you know Chuck Berry, like yeah. that, that type of shit. But that's not what they mean. Yeah, exactly. Because it's, yeah, it's, it's very it's, it, it's very 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 specific when people uh, like I. I Again, you know, we've said this a million times. It's it's always interesting that when you have those moments, it reminds you that people like you and me listen to music in just an incredibly different way than yeah. most people. It, we know. And like, yeah, it's not to say that th- those other ways are bad. It's just sure, yeah, yeah. It, it, I I think it's just it, I think it's a level of interest. Like, I think maybe the same interest that we have in music, I think other people might apply to something like sports, which I I, I know you you apply that interest. Um, yeah, but yeah, some people sports, you know so. they, they you go with film or whatever. But it, yeah, it's like our my, one of my the best examples is when my dad asked me if I was going to review the new Disturbed album for the blog, and I was like, I'm no, I'm like, then <laughs> this was recent, like so I'm like they, they they're basically like modern day hard rock ACDC. Like, what do you want me to say? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> they, they, they have another album cover with that weird goofy smiling guy. They have a bunch 10, of ten thousand fists in the air. They found a. They found another Simon and Garfunkel song to cover. The other one's gonna love. Like, can we talk about that for a sec? I, I think we've talked about it before here, but I, I because people shit on that cover, and like, I just don't think it's that bad. Oh, that's interesting because all the people like in my circle, lo- like. My parents, a lot of my friends who like aren't really that into music, love that cover. Oh yeah, it's the, 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 but I'm talking about like the 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 you know quote unquote musical like oh, intelligentsia, like sophisticated musical. Yeah, exactly. They know the the truth. Yeah, that, the, that like I remember Fantano like listed as like one of the worst singles of the year when it came out, and it's uh, yeah, like I don't agree. But but I think his reasoning was like it it kind of ruins the whole point of the song that's supposed to be about silence, and I'm like. Did you even listen to it? Like, cause like, it, it, it's. I, I feel like it's it's faithful in a way. To, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I think it's honestly, I think it's a really good cover. I think that they do a great. They do exactly what I, I look personally look for in a cover is that it's you know, instantly recognizable as the original, but they definitely put their own spin on it. And yeah, also, it, it, it's cool to hear David Dramian actually singing for once. Yeah, because I I think he has a really good voice. I mean, yeah. you know, when when he does like the the husky aggro hard rock yell, that's not my favorite. <laughs> but when he actually sings, he has a nice voice. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, also it helps that he took those fucking ridiculous the um, the, the rings. Yeah. The, oh jeez. That's what helped them sing like that for so long. They, <laughs> they, <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if it was like that? That was really the reason. Yeah, just, no, like he took this out. Like, wow, this is so much easier now. Like just like at like a random concert, just like, oh, hold on, hold on. And he just turns around. And they're like on. It's like, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> like, but, but put on stricken. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That's so funny. God. Like thirty minutes in, we're like, what? We're, we're already like. Yeah, we're talking about David Draymond's fucking lip hoops. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what do you even call those? Because, but but then like, because there are so many different names for like different facial piercings. Yeah, and, like I, I I guess it's just like it, it it's a Draymond now. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I mean I, I I honestly <laughs> I can't think of another 
person, at least I'm aware of, that has that. Like, I, I, it's just he. Yeah, I guess he decided. To be that... fair, we, we we don't really run in those like alternative circles yeah. that much. <laughs> that's, um, that's also very true. Oh, yeah, man. we're 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 pretty vanilla when it comes down to it. Yeah, um, like part of me, I would really love, I would love to get tattoos. I really like how sleeve tattoos look, but just I, I have too many interests that I kind of have. Uh, like I just I have I have a, a lot of interest in a lot of different things and I don't really know especially musically like I discover new albums and and do love and I don't really know I don't know like I'm just always afraid that like I'm gonna grow out of an artist I get a tattoo for and then like I just it's there forever the, 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 that that that's why you get tattoos of of all the uh, all, all all the good all the good sportsmen. All the good sportsmen, uh, l- l- like Aaron Hernandez. So, but the, oh, <laughs> wow, what's a rough reference? I, 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 I'm just thinking of just like just 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 take all the shitty ones and just let like like oh wait, what, what do you think of my OJ tattoo? Like wait, he he did what? Just just yeah, just just have like a back tattoo of like the Last Supper, except they're all just like problematic sports figures. Yeah. Oh wow, I'm not I'm oh. not doing this by the way, but that I, I honestly I imagine that someone has like a um has like a tattoo of the Last Supper except there's like you know Tom Brady and like all the oh yeah like all yeah the, like, the the, it's it's, it's it, it, I bet you they have one that's just Tom Brady and Gronk just like done over and over again <laughs> oh, just like for man. everybody like even Judas is is like a mixture of Tom Brady and Gronk <laughs> yeah <laughs> but. Wow. Okay. I, 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 think I, I, now, think, I think we need to get back to music. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think now is a fantastic time to uh, talk about your album, Elaine. I'm, yes. I'm very curious, and I'm hoping we keep with the tradition of the last several episodes that we just pick albums on totally different ends of the spectrum. So, um, not necessarily this time. Unfortunately, That's I. Okay. So every good streak comes to an end. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, I. I mean, I, I feel like it's different enough. Like from. London Calling that that you could probably count it, sure. but I probably wouldn't. But anyway, like a little background first because uh, I was going into this like I was just searching through great music and I'm like I don't know what to do like like just be because like a lot of the stuff that I haven't listened to that's like on like the top 100 is just like you know like Velvet Underground and like Bob Dylan it's it's just stuff that like I'm like pretty sure I'm still not gonna like yeah. And I, in, while I'm willing to take that chance at some point, I, I kind of wanted to listen to something that was, like, at least e- even if I wasn't enamored by the album, it, it was at least something I was vaguely interested yeah, in. Yeah, you could still talk with. about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I, I kept scrolling, and then I came across um, a big 80s band that I would actually never listened to before, but you have listened to, and that's uh, Talk Talk. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. and so uh, I was looking through their albums, and so I did. Uh, I think I did uh, not Spirit of Eden. I did Laughing Stock. Okay. Um, Laughing Stock's the last one, right? Like their final. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I'm gonna look that up. So, um, it, <laughs> so it just mind you, going into this, I, I'm thinking of of like the same band that did this you know did the song it's my life yeah. <laughs> that, that that has been subsequently ruined by no doubt and and for me just from being played at goodwill like <laughs> ad nauseum <Huh>. um <laughs> so like you know i was thinking peak 80s even though yeah. this thing came out in 91 mm-hmm. um 
no. <laughs> no, they. Uh, like, yeah, so you didn't but, know that they went through a pretty well, significant I, stylistic change. I I know that like I I've noticed that, uh, like, so Laughing Stock and uh, Spirit of Eden are both listed as like post rock, on uh, mm-hmm. on Rate Your Music and. You know, so I was like, wait, like, where are we going with this? And I still had no idea what to expect in a way from it. And just to go in with that strange mixture of expectations or maybe lack thereof, uh, still did not even come close to sort of getting this thing, like sort of hammering this nail on the head in a way, because this is... This is a weird fucking album. Yeah, no, they they really um, they really took like, a turn. Yeah, I mean, I, I've really never listened to any other Talk Talk album, so I you know, and I always get confused between Spirit of Eden and Laughing Stock because they both basically have the same color. Yeah, like, very very color. Yep. Like it's just like the same tree. There's just different shit in the tree. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. This is the shit tree. The shit. It's, it. it's the sequel to the giving tree. <laughs> it's 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 a um it's a takedown of of late stage capitalism. <laughs> the shit tree. Oh, the shit tree. <laughs> um anyway. So yeah. I uh yeah, I I just I was really blown away by this in in the way that like I just didn't know like I, I just I think one I didn't expect something like this, um, and two and I, I I just the way it was performed, kind of and and sort of just the way this thing was structured, how it was just basically improvised. Mm-hmm. It, it just it, it was a very strange experience, because you know like is it jazz? Well, kind of, but like is it is it rock? Well, sort of. You know, like any, like you, I, I'm trying to like just figure out like what the fuck this is. Not, not even in terms of like genre, but just like trying to get some sort of handhold on it. And uh, so, like that really, sort of, you know, it, it still perplexes me now that I'm just like not really sure what to think of this in yeah. this way. Like it's, but but I I liked it. Like it's it's something that I want to listen to again. Um, you know, it, I remember I think it was after the flood that had like just like this minute long just screeching sax solo mm-hmm. which was just like so weird like because like the rest of this thing is just like super soft it's it like it sounded like oh man i i was just gonna say like like it almost sounded like the eagles decided to like improvise an album which <laughs> I, I i feel like that would piss off a lot of people um That's interesting I, I i guess if anything it it, it almost feels like like I don't know, like some yacht rock band, like got like co-opted by David Bowie, and they were just like, let's do whatever for this album, like it, it, because like it, it has like it has this very soft feel for a lot mm-hmm. of it, um, it like, like so it's like it really puts that in line with like a lot of that like yacht rocky type of stuff mm-hmm. in a way that that that, that I kind of get, uh, or that that I sort of define as. Got rock, so to speak. Anyway, uh, but post rock, I, I I don't I don't know why they're using that sort of term for it. I, I maybe it's because of like the build up and things like that in it. But 
even then, like the buildup only happens on a few tracks. Like, like Merman is just like pretty low key the entire time. Yeah, I, I think it's it's one of those. I mean, this is like very, very, very early post rock. Like it's oh not, yeah, it, it's kind of where it was a huge influence on a lot of bands that you know came to very squarely be defined as post rock. You know, listed this as a big influence, but it just it preceded that to yeah. an extent. And every genre has those those albums that fall yeah, in that category. Definitely, but yeah, I, I think it's it's interesting how people don't introduce it with that caveat because yeah when i first listened to it that was my thought i'm like wow they're really gonna go from like 80s synth pop to like straight up post-rock but not i mean they definitely definitely got more ethereal more atmospheric they definitely you know got artsier in in a way but i I definitely not like this is an explosion in the sky but uh, you can see where a band like that would extrapolate some inf- or they would take take some influence from yeah i i mean i i think the biggest thing you can take influence from i think is is just the sheer atmosphere yep of the album it, like and i think that's probably a big thing for post-rock because it's just like you know it's it, it's all about enveloping you yep you know and so i think of the early post-rock bands slint is is probably the the like the one of the big um, pioneers that definitely sounds the most like a post rock band. Like yeah, even get, still, they, get, they, they kind have of like, like a, the missing link in a way. Yeah, like they, they still they take a more post hardcore, you know, that kind of angle. But still, there's a lot about their sound. They're like, okay, I I, could, I can hear it. But um, yeah, no, I totally agree. And I I think that you know while some people might might grimace or or raise their eyebrows at your comparisons, I, I don't think they're off base at all. No, I, I definitely I think that. Um, it's interesting that yeah. how how well those analogies work. Honestly, it, it's it, I mean that was like now that I'm thinking about it, it's like really the only thing that that, that kind of comes close is just kind of because I mean like the, you know there's nonetheless they, they're still an '80s band. Yep. You know, so they're you know you're you're still taking from you know your contemporaries to a certain extent. You're taking from like the culture that you know you started out in whether you like it or not yeah you know uh you know still might still be there like you know hip-hop album you know like comes out in like 30 years from now like you know maybe that's completely different production but you know still hip-hop right like yeah exactly Um, yeah i I don't really have much else to say about this to be honest like because i i only listened to it once i feel like i should have probably listened to it a couple more times um i've just been very bad at listening to music lately um, but mostly because it's just like so hot out and it's like, it's either I have the AC on and I'm listening to stuff on my headphones or I have it off and I'm able to just chill out with it on the stereo. And I don't really like doing the former. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I only get through like a couple albums a day now. Uh, you know, I, I just took like a huge chunk of albums. I think, I think I said this last week and just like, just put them on the desk and just, slowly going through them so actually I, I i've been on like a smith's kick lately um for some reason um because i i had a media's murder on in my car the other day it just man like i i you know it, it's 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 cool to find songs that are still really good that like aren't on the queen is dead like i mean but barbarism begins at home is like just such a fun track to listen to yeah <laughs> 
A crack uh, on the head. <laughs> I have the version that um, they added How Soon Is Now right in the middle. And oh, nice. It's still, it's still interesting how... Because um, my parents love... I don't think they have heard another Smith song or listened that much, but they love that song. And yeah. I remember listening to it when I was a kid. And then when I discovered the Smiths, I, I bought that copy. I was listening to it. I'm like, wait a second. I know this song. And I think it, it truly is it's interesting how it really doesn't sound like anything else they've done. I was but just going to say. But I, I like, kind of like that. I like that it's so singular. Like, it's it's such a special standout track. D- d- does it feel like a little whiplashy, in a way, w- when you listen to it now? or? Um, it's... It definitely. I think there are a few like you know the the you know the final track of, of you know the title track of Meet Is Murder is pretty different as well. I think yeah. that there's there's a decent amount of variety on the album that it, it listening to it as a whole it doesn't feel that weird. But if you didn't have a few of those moments on there, it definitely would be a little odd that like you have kind of the you know the sun sunshiny jam- like if it was in the middle of their self titled, I think that would be really really fucking weird. Because yeah. the rest of the album definitely falls more or less on like the same spot on the spectrum. But, but, so but like would... e- even even Meat is Murder doesn't like like you know it, it has its points where it kind of goes out there. But like it, in my opinion, like I, I really don't hear them until like the end of the album. Really, yeah. like really like the title track is kind of like the epitome of that. Like mm-hmm. you hear like those like pitched vocals a little bit. You're a little bit of studio play with like all those animals uh, getting getting like fed into the uh into, into the studio since it sounds like i'm trying to kill an animal <laughs> uh, fed into what <laughs> yeah no uh just, just all, all the animal sounds things like that yeah um no it, it's a it's a great great record and it, it definitely uh uh i mean i've, I've said before I, w- I would go uh queen is dead meet is murder um self-titled, self-titled and then strange, strange ways. ways yeah i i probably do the same thing very little um, variance between like for, the first three are, are pretty close together there's a bit of more of a gap and i don't know like i i do enjoy half full of hollow and louder than bombs i think they're really cool i don't have rank i always I think, forget about them I, th- I think a decent amount of rank is like live or it's kind of a retread whereas there are definitely there are a number of of unique singles on half full of hollow and louder than bombs and they're it definitely it definitely feels like a collection of singles, which is why I don't listen to them that often. Um, See, I, I really should just buy both of those because like I, I'm like there are times where I'm just like I want to listen to the Smiths, and like mm-hmm. I've listened. I mean, like, like Queen is Dead is like one of my favorite albums of all time. Like it's like if I had to go like top ten, like it would be like within the top three. I think. Wow. Yeah, like I, I, I adore that album. I know almost every single second of it because I've just listened to it so much. Mm-hmm. But like, that that doesn't mean I, I don't want to listen to other things. Like, I, like, like I always, the, the, that's kind of the reason that like, I could just listen to um like Violator and um, uh, oh, what, what's what's the other one? Uh, Songs of Faith and Devotion. Like I mm-hmm. could just listen to like that era of Depeche Mode. But like I, I kind of like just putting on. Random Depeche Mode album. So like, I had like music for the masses on a couple days ago. Great album, love it. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like it, it. It's cool to have sort of adjacent to the sound that you're looking for almost. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of, I've been doing a lot of uh, noise to just or just doing a lot of noise, listening to a little bit of noise as of late. <laughs> like I, I had a uh, that Control Bleeding album, Knees and Bones. Okay. 
on yesterday. Just damn, dude. That that thing is that thing is brutal. <laughs> that that is a brutal album to listen to. And like I I remember I was I had it on and then my sister knocked on the door and she and I'm just like, "Oh, hi. How are you? I'm listening to Noise." Just <laughs> just I'm looking it up because I feel like didn't we didn't we review that or we listened to it? So we, we did that ambient indu- or no we did that industrial exploration. Hey, and, what was um, the name of the album? Uh, Knees and Bones. There, it's, I always, I always, um, whenever I see that someone's from New York, I always um, try to see if they're on Long Island, and I <laughs> like to reminisce about the the hellish. <laughs> I just say reminisce it uh you know alludes to positivity um, honestly i think if we had better working situations and also long island wasn't so expensive we probably would have enjoyed it more but because we yeah. did a lot of cool stuff there um I, I, oh I yeah kind of, this album was really cool yeah yeah it, it's it's a great little uh yeah. i mean it's, it's not little it's i mean i feel like this the cd of it has like a couple extra tracks on the end of it so it's like a little longer i just i also love how like noise artists just don't they have no i guess they have no boundaries like they just they they put out like this is what i want the album cover sure it's gonna be a man missing half his face putting rats in it but (laughs) that's what we want to do so fuck you (laughs) you know what actually now i think of it do you remember the end of 1994 like that the album cover is basically the end of 1984 if you think about it 1994 no in 1984 the, the oh 1984 yeah yeah that like what, what's 1994 yeah, was the year well, I was well, born. Winston Smith is like really scared of rats oh yeah and like that 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, I need to reread that. I I got a oh, such a good book. I got a, a collection. It was Animal House. Yeah, Animal House. Uh, animal Farm. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a animal collection from with Animal Animal House, the adapted adapted novel, <laughs> and 1984. I, I, I just think of um. Do you remember there, there's that Family Guy episode where um they they're they're looking for something to read and on Peter's shelf. The only thing that they have is, I think, two Garfield books and like a novelization of Caddyshack. <laughs> <laughs> like, and my my dad has been watching Caddyshack for like, I think like the last five days, uh, because he keep, I think he keeps falling asleep during it, so he's trying to finish the whole thing. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, but like th- th- that's I always think of that whenever I think of Caddyshack is like that like Peter has <laughs> the novelization of the book of the movie Caddyshack. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Animal House, yeah, Wait, but I, I, you know, Animal Farm, Animal Farm, yeah. nineteen eighty four, and you know I've read both and enjoy them a lot. But mm. there's a I go shoot hoops to a basketball court near our apartment, and they have one of those free libraries, and in there was a really really well maintained a free free library. It's just like like people just put. I mean. A lot of times, it's like random, like crappy books that they don't want anymore. You can just put in. Oh, there you... it, it it it's like one of those community yeah, crap exactly. libraries. Um, yeah, and I found it was a like an illustrated, like big big print version of Animal Farm, and it's really really cool. And it's I don't know if you know, um, it's I'm pretty sure it's the same illustrator. Have you ever seen those beers? This they have a beer called Raging Bitch. I think it's uh, <laughs> one sec. 
I'm gonna look it up now. Rage because, is bitch beer. Yeah, I forget what the <laughs> oh, name of the brewery flying is. Dog. Oh, um, Flying Dog. I'm pretty sure it's the same guy who does the art for Flying Dog, and he has a really interesting. Oh, you know that it's kind of like um oh, the the guy who does the Hunter S. Thompson covers. Yeah. Um, uh, Fear and Loathing. I I it's Ralph Steadman, I think. Yeah, it's Ralph Steadman. Flying Dog, artist. Because I don't know who it is. Oh, it is. It is the same guy, Ralph Steadman. Oh, okay. So he, he does all go. their all the art for their uh, beer. Yeah. That is not what I expected him to look like. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> that is not like the guy who does art for like a like a bougie new school craft brewery. Not really who I had in mind. <laughs> yeah, I. He definitely he he has an interesting style. Yeah. That, no, I mean the, that's for sure. He looks like a normal old you know old dude right here. He has a nice. He is. I'm counting five layers on. So yep. your typical are you, are you looking on Wikipedia too? <laughs> what? Are you looking on Wikipedia? Oh or, no! Let me look at look, okay. look on. Uh, just I, oh, I, I I thought we were looking at the same picture. That, that, that no, that, I just all. looked up. Uh, um, let me see. Yeah. So. Oh the, yeah. Ooh, very nice, nice glasses. Oh, is he still alive? Yeah. Oh, because they they have a plaque. Usually, yeah. See, I I I saw the same thing. It, I'm like, wait, wait, like, but but it, but then I looked up. I'm like, oh yeah, he's still alive. So it's like, it seems a little, um, you know, I I I, I guess hopeful or just disheartening. Yeah. Like, I, I guess according kind of like to this plaque, he's gonna live from thirty nineteen thirty six to twenty thirty six, <laughs> which that's that's quite presumptuous, but okay. <laughs> to go back to cartoons again, there's there's like that Simpsons moment that like they they give uh, Principal Skinner a plaque and they have his death date on it as well. <laughs> it's just like, like I how did you like I I just don't like that that you're predicting my death. <laughs> All right, well we're at fifty three minutes. Do do you want to like sort of call this early a little bit because we we've been going over a lot. Sure. Uh, the past couple of days, so let, let's just talk about our albums of the week. Um, Scoots, what you got? Yeah, I have a, I have a pretty interesting. Uh, as I do, I like to have a little story with all of my, yeah. uh, all of my picks. Uh, so, ever since we did the guitar solo episode, I've had the same, the same dude. He runs, I think, this place called like Guitar Zoom, or whatever. Like he does like online guitar, you know, lessons and whatever. Okay. Um, and it's just every single video. Like I just I I've, I googled you know cool guitar solos once, and I made that playlist, and um, it it just that's all I that's like all, every single day when I read YouTube, I see it like four or five times a day. I also watch a lot of YouTube, so that helps. Yeah, but me, me too. Um, however, as a side effect, there also was a really I don't know. It looked like a fun video that popped up in my suggested feed. And it was the song 12th Street Rag by Roy Clark. And I don't know, something about it, um, you know, it interested me, so I clicked on it. And the video, it was him performing on, like, looked like an old, old-timey variety show. It mm. was captivating. Like, th- some of the, some of the stuff he was doing, I, I, I thought was ahead of, ahead of his time. And just, he had so much stage presence, and it was just, it was kind of like, country, like, you know, upbeat country almost like a little bit of surf rock thrown in there and just really 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 just fun and cool so i decided to listen to his album the lightning fingers of roy clark 
and I, it's it's just really really great guitar driven music. I don't know, like it just it, it's I listened to, I just kept found myself returning over and over again because it's just he clearly has so much. I can just I can picture that video every time I listen to it. I can picture him playing and just the faces he was making and just like how much enjoyment he was having and it just it exude you know just it flows out through his playing and he does some. Uh, I I so I I think I looked at the wrong Roy Clark. Because I, I, I got, like, a British comedian, and I'm like, oh, may, maybe he plays guitar. <laughs> yeah, so it's just, it's a really, really interesting, fun listen. I mean, I think just at its core, the music is very much, like, kind of, you know, OG rock and roll. Oh, this is his debut album, too. Yeah, it was, you know, OG rock and roll of the, the 60s, and, you know, it's... It's good, but not super groundbreaking. But really, it's his guitar playing that 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 brings it all together, and it's just really, really, yeah. I'm just I'm glad that I accidentally I put up with all those random guitar ads, and the algorithm finally delivered something that I cared about and wanted to <laughs> wanted to watch. So yeah, really, really cool. <laughs> the the algorithm will provide <laughs> eventually. What, what, yeah. what, when the algorithm closes a door, it opens a window. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's funny. It's it's funny we make this joke though because my album of the week also comes from YouTube. Oh um, okay, and from an algorithm pick. Okay, um, as funny as that is, uh, because I I don't know what I was watching, but. I ended up. Oh, I, I think I was just going around on deep cuts and just kind of flipping through videos on it, and then I came across this channel. Uh, I've never heard of this guy before. Uh, Pad Chennington. Uh, have you heard of him? Familiar. One more second. Let me Google. Yeah. Uh, so he, I think he got started with like a lot of like vaporwave uh, music videos and stuff like that, like mm-hmm. like talking about vaporwave, uh, which I have, I've yet to really go go into, but. Lately, he's been talking about um, a lot of, like, experimental music. He has this video, I think it's, like, his highest viewed video on his channel right now, and it's all about um, Hanatarash, which is uh, an early band Yamataka Ai was in, who is, mm-hmm. you know, more famously known for us is for, for having been in Naked City um, and Boredoms. But, um, so, it, you know, it, it, but it's all about danger music, you know, and um, he has one about uh, Mersbaugh's Pulse Demon, and uh so he i ended up looking at this one album today um or no he he did this he did a video on this um or sorry let let me find because i need to find the youtube channel um pad channington yeah so he um it's called uh, the the video is called the extreme world of experimental music, and his he basically just went into it, you know, sort of stating like where is the you know like where where do the boundaries of genre kind of disappear, mm-hmm. and uh, so the entire video is really about this pedestrian deposit album called uh, Dyer's Hands, um, and I I've I've known about pedestrian deposit before, um, I think. When Clipping did uh, What's in My Bag, uh, a couple of the guys who do the production for Clipping, uh, one of them had a pedestrian deposit album that he was talking about. Um, and I, I just never really given them a chance because, like, they're, they're, they've been labeled as kind of like a noise-like group. And, like, you know, if I'm listening to noise, like, I want it to just, like, overwhelm me. Mm-hmm. But, um, 
you know, the, this this video though, which I highly recommend people listen to because it, it's 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 a really interesting video and it, it's worth watching. Like for just some of the footage of seeing pedestrian deposit like perform live because mm-hmm. it is insane. Um, but he talks about how like there's there's how the band doesn't really like that that label mostly because um you know it, it kind of takes away from the other elements of the music that's going on mm-hmm. and uh the way he was talking about dyer's hand and sort of the way he is describing pedestrian deposits music i was just like i need to check this shit out like and th- th- this was all this morning too uh that, that's the funny thing um and so i just ended up listening to it uh i don't know like an hour ago maybe <laughs> maybe an hour and a half and uh, it really blew me away. It was really interesting. Um, the album cover is really beautiful, um, and it's just it, it, it's it's tough to describe because it's just like so purely in the realm of like just experimental music. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you, you, there are a lot of elements. There are a lot of points where it's just straight out noise, where it's just wild. Like it's sort of like the wildest that like controlled bleeding gets a little bit. You know, like it, it's not like as like harsh noise wall ish as like Mersbow um, can get. Mm-hmm. Like it, th- th- there's a little more to it. There's a little more meat on those bones, if you will. Uh, but then there's a lot of like these really like kind of like dark ambient ish passages, uh, like a little bit of cello playing. You know, but but it's all very minimal, and like it's 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 so dedicated to creating an atmosphere, and it's just cool to see sort of the contrast between the two the those two elements because like i and it, because I, I never noticed this but you know after listening to noise music like once the album is over like there's kind of like this calm in the air i have you ever noticed that that's just like because you've become so used to hearing just screaming feedback for like an hour that like after it's over it's just like like it, it, everything feels more silent in a mm-hmm. way. Yeah, I totally know what you're um, talking about. Yeah, and so like they managed to sort of take that and make, you know, and use it as a musical element basically. It was just a really cool idea. And uh, Pad, the, uh, the the guy who runs this channel, uh, he sort of said along, something along those same lines that like for him noise music is kind of like a palate cleanser mm-hmm. in a way. Um which I, I I can see that I I personally like hearing it because I like noise kind of but mm-hmm. I, I I also will listen to it for that reason as well but anyway um, yeah pedestrian deposit Dyer's hands uh, I really suggest it it's like forty five minutes long something like that uh, really fun listen like or maybe not fun but it's just like one of those things that's like if you just want to sit down and put this on like it's 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 well worth it like it's but, but, like, I'm not going to say that it's completely, like, the best album I've ever heard. It's just that, like, I, it, it makes me want to go back and listen to it a little more. And I think that that's a sign of an album that's really promising. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Sweet. All right. All right. We're going to leave it off here. We will talk to you guys next week. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, if you're interested, 
you know, if you want to hear more, just you know, listen to us on uh, iTunes, Pod, Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, anywhere you can get a podcast. Basically, uh, we are on all of it. Uh, if you follow us on Anchor, too, you know, whatever works for you. And uh, definitely be sure to follow us on Twitter. And if you ever have any suggestions, topics you want us to talk about, or questions, anything like that, uh, be sure to email us. Yeah, uh, we're at, at Seishira Podcast on Twitter. And our email, I think, is Seishira Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Bye.